Hello, everyone, and welcome to On Your Way to Work. I'm your host, Christian Wittit, and I am here today with our new co-host, Kay Elise Green. Now, true veterans of the show may remember Kay Elise from her appearance in our earliest Q&A segment. It's been nearly two years since that particular session, and so I, for one, am pleased to welcome you to the show and to the On Your Way to Work team, Kay Elise. Christian, so good to be here. It's fun to come back to something new. I'm really happy to join the team. Well, I'm glad that you're here. So can you just give the listeners a little bit about yourself, just share your background? Absolutely. So I'm coming to be a Orlando veteran here, so coming on six years, spending a lot of time over at the University of Central Florida. But my background is really in psychology, specifically looking at pediatric trauma research. So my interest is seeing how people can thrive and trauma is one of those life-pausing events that enables or inhibits people from really moving forward in their life. Awesome. Well, like I said, we're glad to have you here. And I'm just going to start the show off here with a singular, often unasked question. Why is a promotion so important to us? And listeners, I encourage you, if you haven't already, go out and get your copy of Outgrow Your Space at Work by Rick Witted. You can order it from Amazon.com or pick it up from Barnes & Nobles. And a little later, we'll actually be bringing Rick the author of Outgrow Your Space, into the studio with us. But for now, back to that question. Why is a promotion so important to us? It's an unasked thought. We all think we just want to be promoted. It's the right thing. It's the progress. Um, And I think that creates a really interesting dynamic in any section of life, but especially in work where work is so much of our lives. Why do we want to excel? Why do we want to be promoted? So I think you pose a really great point. Some really interesting statistics out of Outgrow Your Space at Work. It says we spend an average of 8.7 hours in the workplace. This is greater than any other section in our lives. And it's more time than we spend with family. It's more time than doing things that we love, our leisure, our hobbies. And so that, for me, is a huge indicator. When you have a number one in your life, progressing in that number one often becomes your main focus. So I think there's a time component, but there's also the emotional component of promotion. We want to succeed. We're bred, especially we Americans, to move forward and do well. And I think for those two reasons, subconsciously, you always need to be promoted. So what you're saying is basically a promotion is kind of like our indicator, our red flag that says, hey, you're succeeding where you are. Absolutely. I was thinking about it this morning and thinking, why do I want to excel? And there's just something that's like, well, if I've been doing something and I'm doing it well, I should have the opportunity to increase. I should grow. Every step in our life is marked by a new milestone. Children crawl, but then they walk. They, they're promoted to two legs, essentially, and From running. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For very short amounts of time at first, but they're doing it. And then it's running. And then you are able to master new tasks. So I think we as humans are engineered to grow and succeed and be promoted to new levels. But when you take that natural evolution in the sense, the natural growth process in humanity, and then you apply it to our lives and work, promotion just becomes what you strive for. It's the marker that I've done well. And so now they trust me more. So is the time component of work and being promoted or being successful at work, is that, I mean, is it just the time component? Is it just that, okay, I spend eight hours here? 
I don't think it's just the time. I think time is a great indicator of where we put our worth. Nevertheless, work has this unbelievable sort of reach in our lives. It is our financial security, if you want to focus there. It's our emotional well-being, something that we'll probably get into on later shows is people break up with people for the same reasons they get fu- the same reasons they quit a job, Ooh. which is a very interesting conversation when you think about it <laughs> in that terms that I'm breaking up with my company. You're like, no, I quit. It's like very different, but exactly the same. It's more than just finance. It's emotions. It's how we unfortunately, I say that unfortunately we relate to each other. When I get introduced, it's like, oh, hello, Kaylee, what do you do? It's not the question of who are you? And then no one really cares that I'm a daughter and a sister and a friend and I'm an entrepreneur and I'm an athlete and I love to cook. It's the question of what do you do? And I think promotion gets tied to that because that's our first question is, oh, what do you do? Oh, how long have you been there? What's your position? And if you're saying the same position for 10 years, depending on the company you hold, it's sort of like, oh. It's that idea of, oh, you're still there? Yeah, it's not like this like beautiful, like, oh, I'm so happy for you. It's, oh, hmm. like, that's great. I'm glad you're so like. Loyal. Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> I don't know if you're insulting me. <laughs> yeah, so, so what you're saying is that we, we end up measuring other people and we even measure ourselves by our promotions, by our jobs. Absolutely. And the question is, should we? So do you think that that being measured by promotion or that whole concept of being measured by your job, does that vary generationally? I think it does. I think it does in how it's executed, but the heart of it remains exactly the same. Um, Our generation, the millennials we're speaking for here, we very rarely stay in one position. We are often expanding and switching companies or just switching organizations that we work for unless we are starting our own or somehow have maxed out the potential Potential. in that organization. And as opposed to, I would say, our parents' and grandparents' generation, there's a great pride in the loyalty of, I've worked for such and such for 30 years, and there's that honor in having the 20 years of service medallion that you get. So I think the conversation and the heart and the questions are, oh, so what are you doing is always there. So where are you going? How have you grown? is a continual question. It just is posed different between generations. And then there's the, for us at least, for the millennials, it's like if I've been in the same position for 10 years, for 15 years, you feel like the meaning goes down a little bit. Like, okay, I'm sitting here, let's say, pushing a button every day. By the second or third year, I'm, I'm going, what is this button for? What am I What am I here for? Why am I even still working in this place when I feel like I could do so many other things, et cetera? Yeah, and I think that, as we'll get into a little bit later, looking at our core values as opposed to our emotional cues for our generation, having that purpose drive creates an interesting quandary is what I'll place it as to find (laughs) your purpose and to find a job that builds upon that. So, yeah, there is that question of it. The itch comes a lot easier because it's no longer about just a paycheck, but it's about where am I going? All right. So let's go on ahead and actually bring on the topic of the whole generational disparity, I guess, that we're talking about here. (laughs) Let's go on ahead and bring Rick Witted into the studio. Absolutely. Sounds great. 
So, Rick, it's great to have you in the studio with us today. How are you? I'm doing great, Christian. And I got to tell you, just, you know, sitting here looking at you and Kaylee, I've been uh, just fighting back the pride tears and pride monster here. (laughs) It's really good to be in here with you guys. And I'll tell you, I'm very excited about the direction of the show going forward. And Kaylee, it's great to finally have you on board. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay, Rick. So in Outgrow Your Space, your chapter one, what you start out with is this concept of the question that no one asks. Why is a promotion or the idea of a promotion so important to us? Can you elaborate on that? And even to go along with that, why do you start out the book with that question? Great question. So as I've listened to you guys earlier in your dialogue, think about how impacting work is. Think about how emotional work is. And now think about the fact that we never even ask why it's that important in the first place. You're setting yourself up for a very difficult journey if you don't know why you are headed there in the first place. It's, it's almost like getting in the car and saying, okay, we've got a 10-hour trip and we're going to grandma's house. And about two or three hours in, you don't remember why you were going to grandma's house. You know, it sounds simplistic, but so many people manage their career that way. They don't really evaluate, you know, so, so why do I want a promotion? Why, why do I feel this way when I'm not moving in the direction that I think I should be moving in? Or, you know, I'm feeling really good about where I am. And then someone comes along and they, they leave this innuendo that really says to me, gosh, is that it? You should be doing more by now. And so when you think about it, how, how can you possibly be on a journey? A journey, by the way, for us, our working life is about four and a half decades. So somewhere between 18 and 21, you're going to start working. And, you know, the most current surveys of people near retirement age now say they're going to retire at 66. So do the simple math. That's at least 45 years. And if you're, you've never asked the question, why am I on this journey? And why do I feel driven the way I feel driven as I'm on this journey? Then you're just in for a big mistake. So that's kind of why we start the book with that question. And most people aren't even asking the question. So if you're not doomed, you're at least hindered somewhat or will be blindsided at some point over those four and a half decades. So I try to force the reader to ask it early and often. That's a great response. I think it provides a great long-term view of living an intentional life, of understanding why I want to, why I want this, and allows you to really understand the difference or the similarity between growth and promotion. Mm-hmm. I know the book gets into that a little bit later on. Would you be interested in sort of sharing your perspective on that? I think you're right. And I don't know when, but at some point in this journey, this has come to be something I say often, a rising tide will lift all boats. And so if you figure out what your value is, feed it. I mean, feed the heck out of it. You know, if for you, that's meaning, if for you, that's, you know, having the sense of balance in your life, if that is relationships, if that is pay, whatever your value is, feed it. And if you feed it and get really, really good in that area, all things will rise. Pay will eventually rise. You know, the meaning in what you do will eventually increase. 
et cetera. And so being intentional about the values that drive you, if you can get laser focused on that, you will get good in other areas. And I'm telling you, if you look at some of the most super successful people in our culture and our society, they are feeding their value and people are willing to pay immensely for that value to come out, right? Or to benefit them or something that they're a part of. I love the word intentional. So what you're basically saying here is come to know yourself, come to understand yourself, understand your values and how you think. And in doing that, and I guess matching that to your workplace ideology, I guess you could Mm -hmm. say, it will help to eventually give you all of the other things that you may desire. I like to keep this really simple. Um, That's probably because that's all I got. But, But here's what I'd say. Think about any personal relationship you're a part of. The things we're talking about right now, those are the bare minimum criteria. Do our values align? Do we match? Right? Are we on the same page? You know, can they grow me in this area that's important to me? Right? And unfortunately, when it comes to career, those very innate, built-in things are not in operation. And so a work relationship at the end of the day is still a relationship. And although you are being contracted, quote unquote, with an organization, I'd say don't let those big words fool you. You are still engaging with other people inside of that organization. And relationships is it is a huge fuel gauge for our abilities to succeed long term in our career. And so the basic human things that drive successful relationships work inside of the workplace. We just turn them off when we get here and we turn them off because we're blind to what's going on and we're blind to what's going on because our society has never trained any of us to ask the question. So why is a promotion important anyway? (laughs) Why is having that, whatever that is so compelling and so important anyway, or as, as you guys talked about a little bit earlier, I mean, having a next thing, um, who said in the beginning anyway that that was, you know, the key to life? The question that that poses is, as we talked about earlier, Kaylee and I, why are we pushing the button? Yeah, I, I wrote that down. I thought that was um, very insightful. I think you said, you know, what am I here for? Or am I just to be pushing this button when I hear. And so, you know, I'll say very clearly, I mean, those that have been following us for the last couple of years, um, this show is really very self-help oriented. It is it is about what you can do. Uh, If there's one thing I've learned through the years is you cannot control another grown person. You barely can control a two year old. So the only thing we can talk about on this show is things that we can control. Um, saying that, um, and, and I say that just to make sure we're very clear that, you know, and I've said this before, the biggest blame for success in your career will be you. You will be the one that drives the most success. I don't care who helps you. I don't care the environment. It, it, is, it is all a cocktail, but at, at the end of the day, your success, you will get the most credit for it. You will also get the most blame for the failure. Uh, what what tends to happen is we take the most success the credit for the most success, and we blame the employer for the most failure, and and uh, I am just telling you that is a recipe for wandering 
either literally physically wandering within the workplace landscape or at least mentally disengaging uh, within the workplace. Uh, so, so, you know, I just want to throw that out that, you know, it is about what we control and the decisions we make. I think, uh, uh, mom, Christian always says it this way, right? She says, you, uh, have total control over your choices. You have very little control over your consequences. I've heard that one. Before. Yeah. And so I think we have to think about that back to your question. Sorry to jump off there. I just think that context is important in our discussion. When an employee is left asking the question, why are we doing this again? That is a big sign that the organization's leadership has had a failing, right? Because at the end of the day, who wants to be doing anything not knowing the why behind it? And when an employee is going, am I just literally pushing a button? Then they don't know what the button is connected to. Right. And that's on the part of the organization to make that clear. So, for example, can you imagine, you know, the president of the United States having access to the red button right, that can end all wars to or start all wars to be right? And um, he's going like, why, why is this button here? No, he understands. He understands th- this button is last resort button. You know, if if I don't push this button when it needs to be pushed, um, lives will, you know, by the millions be destroyed, uh, you know, or whatever. And that's dramatic. But the point's still the same. You may be connecting part B to part C in the workplace, but bar- part B to C has a very important impact to the client, which may have a very important in- in- impact to society in some way. And it is on the part of the leadership of those organizations to make that clear. And And I will tell you, uh, Business America does not do a great job of that. Not as well as we should. I have a follow-up question in there. So what if the leadership has created a great vision and they have a functional mission that is stated, it shows its impact, but yet you don't feel the employee hasn't bought in? Yeah. It's not that they don't see the worth, but for their personal lives, this is a means to an end. Yeah. But they haven't recognized it as that. It's certainly their stuck position. Yeah. There could be a couple of things going on there. And you know, I don't want to steal your, your future shows here, but part of that could be value alignment. Right. So it, it could be a worthy goal. But if that doesn't align with what's important to me or if it doesn't feed a value that is important to me. It doesn't always have to be the cause because everyone is not cause-oriented and everyone is also not looking for external rewards as a result. For some people, it may be relationships. So if I don't trust you or if I don't feel you trust me or if I don't feel I'm valued, and I don't care if your cause helps Mother Teresa and all of her goodness, I don't trust you. And if I don't trust you, it's hard for me to line up. And again, that is no different, right, from our personal relationships. If if I don't trust you, this it's we're we're not gonna go as deep as we could go, and we're not gonna cover as much ground as we could cover. Well, Rick, it has been great having you on this segment of the show. Any final thoughts? Again, I'm just I'm flooded with gratefulness that uh, you guys are really taking on the show. So I'm very excited about that. I I would just say to our listeners, 
it is so important to stop and know what is driving you. We are at even the most logically oriented person, even the most analytical brain has amazing uh, emotional triggers. Life has the way of surprising us with one of those triggers. And when it does happen, the most detailed person immediately reverts back to emotion in their response. So if you don't know that that dynamic is happening uh, in the workplace, as well as your personal life, uh, you're just going to find yourself in a really odd place and you're going to impact the choices you make. That was Rick Witted, everyone, author of Outgrow Your Space at Work. Once again, you can pick up a copy of that book. It's available wherever books are sold, online or in store. So, Kaylise, before we end the show here, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, I think my final thought is think. Pause. Why are you doing what you're doing? Why is this important? That is much more difficult than the short than the short <laughs> question seems. But that's the question. Why is promotion important? Why do you believe that advancing is something so integrated into who you are and how people see you? So I'd love our listeners to send a tweet out to Rick Witted and let him know what your thoughts are. And we're going to be setting up a way for you to connect with us in upcoming shows. But take this week and think, why promotion? Why do I need to be going forward? Am I really thriving at the workplace? I couldn't have said it better myself. Listeners, thank you for tuning in today. As always, you can connect with Rick at facebook.com forward slash rawitted. Tweet him at rawitted. Or send him an email at rick at rawitted.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy your week.